This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Good evening, Jason Glick. How are you? I'm doing good, John. Hey, you know, it's like it's, uh, we're uh, more than a week so into 2011. Like the, um, great... 2012, you mean. 2012, yes, god damn. Didn't have Remember, the great it's the end of this year that great shining moment world. that had um according yes, to it, it is. That... and um John? To the ancient yeah. Mayan calendars and get a real memories. reverb right here. Yes. Oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> yeah, so basically we got we got a count on like on John John Cusack to save save our asses or else we're all fucked. Uh yeah, pretty much. That means we're all fucked anyway. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. If you if you say so, man. Well, but, you know, it's all about perspective, man. You know. <laughs> ex- yeah, exa- exactly. It's like, and and of course, like you know, like now that's like we're first podcast, first podcast of twenty twelve, and that means it's time to take stock of what of what happened in twenty in twenty eleven. It's like you know, it's best best twenty eleven, and don't first first off, I just gotta say, like no no official list this year mm. because. Yeah, because like, I thought about it, and like you know, I like I read this year, and it and stayed that way um, all the, all the way to the end. I had I had a nice uh, you know guide point to uh, you know base to base like the entire list off of you know scale everything in, com- in comparison with this year. The best thing that I read, I regrettably have not gotten around to writing up on the web on the on the site because it's actually it's actually something I picked up at Comic Con, and it actually came out in 2010. But I'll get to that later. So let me just say that you know, as always with 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 these lists, like you know, I want to like I want to stay away from like like continuing series series that I've honored in the past, you know, because because if I you know because if I was just talking about the series like you know I enjoy most I look forward to I'd just be like oh hey you know what it'd just be like you know Blade of the Immortal 20th Century Boys Fables, um, um DMZ Scalped like all like all these ongoing ongoing series series that I like that I've that just you, know, and it, and it's like you know that that just, that just gets boring after a while. Like I said, I I like keep, I want to delegate these. Let's talk about the uh, series that you know that continue that that continue to surprise me. To um like the ongoing series that you know really stepped up their game and like brought brought things to a new level, like like to a new level this this year. Or just like you know, and also the standouts that you know for new new series that either like wrapped up or concluded in this year. So, so I can take. So I can either like say that okay, this is a great new series to watch. Keep your eye on it, or just say like you know, hey, now the series is over. I can say that this is it was definitely worth definitely worth it. So, but this year it's like you know, I, it's more I thought about it, the more I thought that you know all the stuff that that I was, it's like that I was uh, taught that I was like considering for my list. I just couldn't like you know say you know this is necessarily better than this. I mean, oh, well maybe it was, but you know what what was the really the best thing that I read this year now. Like I said, it's like I said, it was hard. It's like it was hard, hard to like to categorize things into an a- absolute list, which you know I I love doing that shit. But this year, not gonna happen. Instead, just gonna give you the ten titles that that like I was because I was making a list of this ten series that I said that that I really enjoy that I, that I enjoyed more than anything else this year. Okay, well, more at least like that made that made an impression on me more than anything else. All right. So first off on the list, I'm gonna start off with one of the continuing series that really that really stepped up its game in the last second in not just the last year, in the last couple of years, and that's Claymore. Now, really, it's like the worst thing you can see about this series is it's Berserk Light because it's basically all about a, about a bunch of a bunch of girls with um with girls with um with uh, demon with um dem- like um demonically derived 
drive powers, who go around killing killing demons, and who have since found out that you know the organization they were a part of um, is actually uh, has actually been using them as R and D for this giant war on another con- another continent. Claymore um, really stepped up its game by um, by making by es- by escalating the con escalating the con conflict the girl that, that the girls have faced, including its main main character Claire. It's like as she's come as she's come face to face with the um first with the girl who killed her killed her mentor and is now it's like it's now back back in back in full force. But also they've also had to face this giant um world devouring creature that that thre- that's um that's big that's uh that's a giant that's a bigger threat for any like for for everyone. And the uh Okay, and the most re- and the most recent volume also um doesn't manage a nice feat of just you know oh crap how where's this gonna how's this gonna um gonna resolve when one of its um uh, major supporting characters winds seems appears to have wind up wind up dead after she was after her m- mind was manipulated at the hands of one of the organization's top um top people it's it was a fan it's a great cliffhanger and it's been all the more disappointed to read that oh we've kind of cut up to the uh like to the Japanese release, and um, that's like, and that, and that, you know, that kind of sucks because, because now it's like we don't know when the next volume is coming out, or you know, I had, probably just haven't checked Amazon soon enough to see. But still, it's like, it's it's great. It, it's a great series that has really stepped up its game, and while it will probably never be quite as good as Berserk, it is certainly a series that that you should you should start reading if only to um assuage the um long long waits. You know, the year-long waits between um, new volumes of Berserk that we're faced with. Speaking of ongoing series, um, the other one that you know that I would—that's another. This is another series that I would, um, you know, like just want to keep, um, by like passing off, like waiting off, my, giving my final judgment on until the uh, until it's all done. But because I would say, hey, you know what? I don't need to give a give an assessment of it this year. I can do it until next year because I'm sure it's going to be even better when it comes out then. But I figure. But think about it this evening. I realized, you know. I should just go ahead and give it give it props now, and that's um, Takiko Inoue's real story. Uh, essentially, it's a story of um, three in, three individuals. One, like one, a high school dropout who who's trying to figure out what to do with his life. Another is a aspiring star in the field of wheelchair basketball, and the and another is is a story of um, of one of a, of a of someone who of an individual who um, was a was an up was a um, star in high school basketball, but then um, become became paralyzed from the waist down and had to learn has to re- lear, um, relearn how to how to live his life. Two now the uh, now only two of these stories have been um, have been really worthwhile because um, uh, let's see because Tagawa the uh, star who it, let's see the star who is um, star of aspiring star of wheelchair basketball his like. His storyline has kind of has kind of fallen by the wayside, but still the stories of of of, Ta- of Ta- Takashi and the other guy who can't remember his name off the top of my head right now, um, the four, like the uh, high school dropout, he like their stories are absolute are absolutely compelling. Takashi's story um could have um sustained an entire series by itself and seeing his struggles through rehab, but the story story of the aspire of the um high school dropout, he his story is all is is just as compelling as he as he has none of their physical deficits but all his um problems are are, are mental just just you know getting past like all the uh it's like like all the bad vibes and um poor decisions he's he's he he's done with his life life until this point and now he's trying to trying his best to try and get past that and we're finally going to see him get his shot at 
at the big leagues when he tries it out for for a pro team in the next volume. It's absolutely compelling stuff. And uh, while I know that um, Inoue is um, known the world over for Vagabond and um, it's like and Slam Dunk, this is a series I think that he will be remembered for when like when all is said and done. But still, so while we're on the, on the subject of manga. Like another series that um, wrapped up this year was um, Osamu Tezuka's Blackjack. Now this seri- series of the surgeon with the ha- with the hands of God, and um, this and while the series while I was planning a uh, to reread the entire series and um, I think just to, to um, talk do a podcast on like you know the best like the best ten stories of Blackjack, rereading it um, in this first volume at least re- made me realize that hey you know a lot of the classic stuff is in the first volume. So really, it's like just if you want the best of Blackjack, go read the first volume. But these last two volumes were, um, it's like were a fitting wrap up to the series, dealing with um, like Blackjack um, coming face to face with with a case with the um, with a case that may have had um, divine inspiration, as well as the final volume that um, actually did manage to do, deliver a, um, a reasonable amount of closure to the series to a um, completely. Um, a completely episodic series that not only um, had no overriding story arc, but also had its um, quote-unquote final episode, um, like see about six volumes earlier, back in volume eleven. But still, it's like it's like like you don't need to buy every volume, but still, but hey, you know, buy the first one, buy the last one, or just hey, you don't. But it's but it's still like a, another um, real example of why um, Tezuka is considered is considered the god of manga. Now, okay, now it's like, just, now just continue clearing out all the, like, all the great manga that I, that was, that I read this year. We've also got, um, Kaoru Mori's, um, A Bride Story. Now, I talked, initially in my review, I talked about how this series was, like, I was, you know, initially slightly disappointed with the first volume of this series, and that's, see, and that's because, um, we've got, uh, Sorry, that that's because like you know it's like I my expectations were like you know on the level of hey you know if this this series did not give sight back to the blind you know it's like I was going to be disappointed. It didn't give sight back to the blind. I was disappointed. But still, that means that it, it was still a fascinating look into um it's like into into like the um, Silk Road into the Silk era where the Silk Road was the um like was was the main was where all the uh, all the action action was at. And it's it, it, it tells like a great it tells an interesting story about a uh, about a great about a about a bride who bride bride twenty year old bride who gets married to a twelve year twelve year old boy in order in effort to link, to link families and the uh, and the cha- the chaos and confusion that result results from that while the while the bride herself proves to be like a valuable addition to the family even if she is a bit bit naive and overprotect protective that just makes her more in- interesting to observe and um, even though the series doesn't seem to have to have quite a have direction at first. It does um, pick things up in the second volume when her family um, sieges its war to come back to bring her, bring her back um, in order to make peace with a with a rival clan with a rival clan. So, but um, and then but still like this, it does actually it actually sets up the the second volume also sets up the um, further adventures of the. Um, the English researcher who is um, sitting there observing the culture, and it looks like for the volume three, we're going to be seeing um, seeing things through his story as well as the um, life of another bride, like in another city. You know, it's like abandoning like all the characters, the, like the characters that you've built that you've um, that you've built up over the two volumes. You know, 
I that seems like that seems like to be suicide for for like for many creators. But um, this, but for someone of Maury's talent, she like I think that this is going to work out just well, just fine. And the last manga title I want to talk about is something that will probably not surprise anyone. That is Eden. It's an Endless World, Volume Thirteen. <sighs> now. Um, something I'm sure, like, there's probably like, a couple of you who are sick of me talking about how great this series is and how you need to buy it so that Dark Horse will pin out, bring out the rest of the series. But, um, you know, hey, like, given the amount of, I've talked about it this, this year, it should, it should not surprise you that I'm talking about it again now. But let me just say that Volume 13 was still a great volume, even by the series' regular regular standards. And after two after two years, you know, it's like, it's still... So um, picked up the seri- momentum of the series right where it left off as Elijah um, has to track down a it's like a master program like a master scientist who um, used to work for the Propator Federation but is but, but, it, but since had a falling out now has to convince him to bring him over to his side as well as the uh, as well as the um, complications that, fo- that fall. It's a great mix of of um sci- of um, thought provoking science fiction and um, a cure level action. Really, it's like it's this series is it's a complete package, and um, what? And if you're a science fiction, if, if you like stuff like Akira, if you like stuff like Masamichiro's um work, you need to buy the series. You will love it. It is, I, I can't, I honestly can't can recommend this series series enough. It's easily the best science fiction manga being published right, right, being serialized right now right now in America. Yeah. But you know, it's not all about the Japanese right now because we also got like like plenty of Americans who have put out good work, good work in the year in this year as well. Now, and the first I have to talk about is something that I just like I just decided upon to, to include this list, include this if for no other reason than to get um get its author to um do more creative owned work and like stop doing so, so many superhero superheroes. And that would be um Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maleev's Scarlet. It's a story of a girl who. Uh, who is wronged by the police, um, takes her revenge on the cop, and then starts a social movement to get to um, make society stop being being so fucked up. Like as a result, um, it's it, it's a great, it's a fascinating ground level look at what a, at a uh, at how a revolution starts, and um, the fact and the rise of the Occupy movement uh, has only made the series uh, more relevant. Like like in the it's like like. Like in the in the past past few months, but still, it's like it's it's also the kind of series that like has has a level has a level of, level of some snap craft to its dialogue dialogue its art. I mean, it's like this. I mean, as, as much as I've enjoyed um, Bendis's Bendis and Leaves um, superhero work over the years, this is the kind of series that I I like to see them see them be doing more of. And to be honest, like when I saw that they were going to be doing uh, like you know Moon Knight, I thought, you know, what the fuck they're doing that for? This means they're not going to be getting more Scarlet. Well, shit. But the good news is that Bendis is is, is um finally going to wrap up his his, ter- his um years long run with the Avengers, and he's going to be refocusing on to on his on his creator own titles, which hopefully means which means that like well, the next next um arc of Scarlet has already um begun to be solicited. But this also means we're getting more creator own more work with um him and Mark Bagley, and hopefully more of um power from him and Mike Mike Oming. But still, it's like. Like I said, I may have put this put this on the list just to like, you know, voice my vent my frustrations about, you know, like getting Bendis to do more more stuff that um that that really matters. But still 
you know, that's it's it's good work. Go out, you should go and buy it, even though it's in hardcover right now. Speaking of, however, while we're on the subject of, of creators who are doing um work, good work in the superhero field, we've got um Grant Morrison, who you know, it's like like anything like for the past couple of years, anything the man has touched um, has has turned turned to gold. Particularly his run on Batman, and that was never more true this year than with um, Volume Three of Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin must die, which featured the, his the climax of his run of his run on the title, which featured not only um, um, Bat, um, the Dick Grayson Batman and um, Damian Wayne as Robin, um, um, fi- um, um, finally coming face to face with the Joker, but also the re- but let's see, but also the their um, like their the rematch with Doctor Hurt. Who's who's also um like who's also I'm um, convinced that he is um Bruce, he is um Bruce Wayne's father Thomas come back to um save save Gotham in this time of crisis as as Professor Pig unleashes his um his addictions that he can his, like his addiction plague on the city it's this is now the amount of stuff that um Morrison manages to cram in this arc is. In the in the four issues here is is, is incredible from the, uh, from the from the establishment of the, of the threat from the from, from the Joker from the, like from, from the Joker's um, introduction to to Damien's um, one on one one with him um, Commissioner Commissioner Gordon's Commissioner Gordon's struggle struggles the uh, it's like um Doctor um, Doctor Hurt's plans everything it's like. It's like it seems like this should, this should have been like a six issue or even an eight issue arc, but no. Morris managed to like to effectively cram everything, seamlessly cram everything into he needs into this into these into the four into the four issues here, um, and make and make it look easy. My favorite bit is the one part where um Professor Pig um um threatens like um sixes dollatrons on them, saying like kill Batman and Robin, and I'll give you all the all the cure you need. And then um Dick turns turns around, saying, "You hear that? He's got the cure. Go and get him." And um they turn on they turn on Professor Pig and said, "It's brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant twist on an old superhero staple." That's what I love about love about it. And and to boot, Morrison also teamed up with um with um artist Dave um David Finch to um for Batman Batman the Return collected in this. In this volume to give you the um, introduction to his to um to Batman Incorporated, which which has um Bruce has Bruce taking um Batman to the um like to the world stage given and giving um each like um installing like a Batman in each in each in each country as well to fight to fight crime there. It also introduces to the new to his new global level threat Leviathan, and um even though like um Batman Incorporated has been plagued by um delays. Um, throughout this year, it's like I'm still like, I'm still like all for picking up the uh, the trade paperback when it's released in the, in the next couple months. Great stuff. Can't wait to read more of it in the, in the next year. Speaking of great superhero work, we've also got um, Paul Cornell um, um, hitting a home run with um, with artist P- Pete Woods and others in um, the two volumes of Superman: The Black Ring that were released earlier this year. Now. I was like that. Well, I was kind of lukewarm in the first volume, so it just seemed like it was like you know Lex Luthor team up. Like he's just like team up with. He's just um like fight. He's just like you know fighting against you know um, Mister Mind, um Gorilla. It's like Gorilla Grodd and all these other. Oh, I also meeting up with um Death of the Endless. Like just all just you know having him just meet up with all these characters and just doing this thing and you know that that would have been fun. That would have been you know 
entertaining of itself. But with um, but then in the second volume, we, then we finally get the uh, then we get the then everything there is clarified. We finally get the 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 um, plot is, is brought into sharper focus. We get we get the real meaning behind his his like his overall quest, and we get to see like nice nice understanding of his. Of, of his personality as well as he as he attains ultimate power and and uses it in order to um like try and bring Superman to his knees. But at the same time, he finds out that you know he ha- he has the pa- that that um you know, that he, that even though he has the power to bring ultimate uh, happiness to everyone in the world, is it worth it if it means that he gets that Superman remains as happy as as everyone else? That he has to leave his greatest enemy in. It's like in eternal bliss with everyone else. It's it's a great um like take on take on the character. And probably might even be the definitive one because like you know even before the like, even though with the DC, I guess one of the one of the other regrets I have about the DC reboot is that we're not going to see um what what Cornell does next with the, with with Lex Luthor. But you know hey as soon as he shows up in in the DCU, which I'm sure will be like pretty soon with um. Like once um, Morrison and um, whoever's whoever's going to be writing him, like uh, Superman, get around to it. I'm sure I'm sure it'll certainly be worth the wait. But it won't be. But it won't be as good as as what we got here. Overall, fantastic stuff from from the creators, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more. Also, another series that um that really that also like um stepped up its game. Was um, American Vampire from from Scott Snyder and, and Raphael Albuquerque. Now, while the first first volume was first volume was good, because um, it I mean aside it because it's basically just you know like Snyder establishing the concept and um, Stephen King you know introducing us to the uh, you know to the mat to the um, badass to the badassery of um of um vampire Skinner Sweet. Um, this on um, volume two. Um, really brought things into focus and showed us where this series is going to go. That it's going to be, you know, like the like the like the American dream, the the um the rise of America filtered through these like these class of vampires from the old from the old world and and it, and in the new. It's like had it's like um, and it showed showed us this uh, like through a through the rise of Las through the rise of Las Vegas. It's like and it's like and the vampire vampire war that took place in there. Is great, is great compelling, well written stuff with great art from Albuquerque and um and um artist Mateus Santoluco in the sec in the second um in the second arc there. That also focused that also introduced to um vampire bootleggers, which is awesome. It's like it was, it's like it's a great great volume. And to be honest, like I was kind kind of disappointed that the um I'm, well, I'm just wasn't happy at the same time that volume three um is taking so long to come out because it's collecting eleven issues. Well, six issues from the regular series and the five-issue Survival of the Fittest miniseries, um, with art by um the the awesome Sean Murphy. Um, that's coming out in March, and you know I kind of wish you know, if it meant that we were going to get it sooner, I would have you know liked to have um have them had them split it up. But still, it's like you know, hey, if it just means we're going to be in one giant eleven-issue collection. Hey, I'm sure it'll be worth worth the wait. Yeah, and second, finally on this list, we've got. We we have got a great um, ten issue series from Fabio Moon and Gabriel Bob, Brazilian Brazilian twin brothers, um, called called Day Tripper. Day Tripper is a story of of Bras de Olivia um, Domingos, like an, the son of, son of a very famous writer, 
and we're and we're introduced to him at you know, and it's a ten issue series that focuses on ten um, particular days in his life. And the catch is, at the end of them, at the end of each day, he dies. Now it's not now. There's no um, like you know trick or like magical realism here. It's just that each it's that each storage like it's still there's no like like he's not like stuck in like any kind of like Groundhog Day type you know, type type uh, paradox or curse here. It's just that you know we're, we're introduced to him at a particular particular point in his life, and then at the end he just he dies, and we see we see the obituary that's that's written to see you know, what. What what does it what has what does his life mean up until up until this point, and by doing so, it's like as it goes on, it's like it shows us, like we finally get a sense of like you know just like what like just what does like like just like what how what does his life how do you measure, make the measure of a life like at any at any point in it? It's like it's all like it's, there's so there's so much potential like you know like sometimes like if you it's like like if you die at one point. Like sure, it could be seen as a, as as a dis, as a disappointment. Like you know, it's so much unfulfilled potential. But yeah, you know, it's like like at some point, you, know, you could also be you also live on and then just like not not get a chance chance to realize it and just and just re, and and reap, reap its benefits and then you know just come to terms with you know just what it means to actually you know like to keep keep on keep on living and to actually find what it means to, to, to accept death in the very end it's a great it's a great compelling work and each it's like in each story is is a is, is a great complete tale in itself that it gives you like great gives you a gives you a, um a fascinating um overview of of um of Ross's life and you know it's like I have to admit that you know this is also one of the series that I've loaned to a, a buddy of mine at work who doesn't normally read comics, but he's a fan of um, Moon and Ba, and um, he and he really and he really got into this as well. Overall, like compelling work. Not like you know, it's definitely a bit more meatier than like, a lot of the stuff I talk about here, but certain, but um, certainly no no less sat- satisfying satisfying for it as well. Yeah, and also just just as we're getting close to the wrap, wrapping things up here, let me just say that. That I want to give like a social shout out to the the best thing I read last year that didn't come out in this year was a, was a paperback called Orc Stain by James Stokoe. It's a story of it's a story of an orc orc with one eye who has a power to um like see where things he see where things break and um finds himself in the um center of a power struggle between um between orc orc clans as one. As um, one clan needs to find the um, the Grunch or the giant penis needed in order to recognize have its have its head recognized as the uh, as the um, like grand grand orc, the orc orc to lead all orcs and they need this guy in order to um in order to find in order to find it now makes the series great you know aside from its like truly filthy focus on orcs and their genitalia is that it creates a really a complete compelling world. Like about about orcs, orcs, their culture, and it's it's, it's like something I'd love love to see love to see explored more. But apparently, it's like no, not enough people bought it. They, I mean, it's like there's there's this one trade paperback. I think there was another. There's a sixth issue, uncompleted afterwards. But you know, it's like I have to admit, I'm reading this trade paperback, and I'm thinking, God damn it, I feel guilty that I bought it. That I bought it out of a out of a half off bin. I should have actually like found someone to pay money for, like to give money to um James Stokoe um for this. 
like for this great work. I mean, I gave it to a friend of mine as a, I gave a copy to a friend of mine as a birthday present. But you know, it's like if I ever see the chance, I gotta buy all all the issues from him just to make sure that he gets gets me to know how much I love this series. It's truly a great, compelling fantasy work, and you know, even if you don't like fantasy, if you like um truly filth, if you like filthy bathroom bathroom humor, then you'll then you then you will still enjoy this as well. It's it's truly like a, a work on the level of um Drew Hayes' Poison Poison Elves. Highly recommend. But you know, I guess like this best of um podcast wouldn't be complete without um, a shout out to some of the worst of the year. Now, there's a lot of stuff that you know disappointed me over the year from like from the um from the reductive wrap up of um Warren Ellis's Freak Angels, um copy of um Matt Fraction's Thor, the World Eaters that I got for a di- for a well deserved discount at um at Borders to um to um Velveteen and Mandala, the uh truly crappy manga um zombie like zombie zombie one shot um from Jiro Matsumoto that you know that was a real that was a real um black mark on vert on verticals um other otherwise exemplary um like track record for like this year and just about everything but um that you know that was probably the, the worst thing but still i think that um you know mark miller deserves a real real shout out for you know those two lackluster volumes of ultimate avengers um i i, I had to read through this year as well as what is probably the um one of the worst moments i've read i've read the entire year which is when nerd hulk sneaks out of the triskelion uh, to meet his favorite comic book writer and how do we find out who his favorite comic book writer is? After um, Nerd Hulk was attacked by vampires, his backpack breaks open, and we find out he's got copies of Mark Miller's um, um, Marvel series on um, Trouble that he's bringing to, to his author to sign. And it's like, oh, God. You know, it's like so many authors would know that you that you need – that um, even if you are clever enough to pull off a stunt like that, you shouldn't – you'd um, be well advised not to try in the first place. Mark Millar is not nearly as talented as as he needs to be in order to pull that stuff off, and it was just, uh, good God, just made me feel bad that I feel obligated to keep reading the, reading his um, Ultimate Avengers just so I can like you know finally stop and just um like pull just say just close the book on him as a writer and say oh, okay I've read um the Ultimate Avengers Death of Spider Man arc I don't need to read anything else from him ever again. Unless he actually like you know bothers to become a better writer of dialogue and whatnot. Hey, well anyway, on that note though, we are that was um that was twenty that was twenty eleven for for me. It's like you know it's like it wasn't yeah. So that was twenty that was twenty eleven for me. It's like you know it didn't have the great um like tw- like great one shining thing that stood above stood above all the others. Um, but still, there was a lot of there was still a lot of great work released in this in this past year. So, uh, hey, I'm still looking forward to um, 2012. We've got not only the wrap up of 20th Century Boys, which hey, you know, I was complaining about not having something to um like set above all the others. Hey, 20th the wrap up of 20th Century Boys isn't the best thing. Um, I read it's like I read all year, then I'm going to be very very disappointed. But but anyway, we've also got the wrap of um, Scalped and DMZ, which I am like, I'm thoroughly looking forward to, as well as um, first volume, first of the um, first collections of the, of the um, DCU um, New Fifty Two series, like particularly um, Grant Morrison's um, Action Comics, Scott Snyder's Batman, 
Jeff Johns is um, Green Green Lantern, and also um, let's see, uh, Jeff Lemire's um, a, it's like Animal Man, and Scott Snyder's um, Swamp Thing, which I've heard of the, really the two surprise standouts of the it's like of, of the relaunch. So I'm really looking forward really looking forward to that stuff. Also, um, like of course, like more Blade of the Immortal, which is which is always a good thing, and hopefully, just hopefully we'll get on volume 14 of Eden as well. But because I really, it would really, really suck if we had to wait two years to get volume 14. So I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope there. In the meantime, though, it's like if Amazon ships ships it, ships it to me in time, we will be. Um, you can expect um, the uh, my uh, final analysis of, a, of another Star Wars series. Um, it's like in the next next two weeks, and then in four weeks from now, hey, it's my 100th podcast. All right. Yeah, it's like, and you know, it's like I was thinking of like, you know. Starting to think of what can I do for that to celebrate the occasion, and you know I think it's just going to be like I'm complete and total self indulgence. <laughs> so you can decide whether or not to come back for, for that one. All right. And All right. See you next time. All right, everyone. Take bye. it easy. All right. Bye.